Hey everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter, and I'm the preaching minister. I want to thank you again for uh, just listening each and every week. Uh, we've got this week and next week as far as our series on parables go. That's been a lot of fun, uh, kind of going through this series, and and there's so much stuff there. Uh, and I think there is again this week. This week we cover uh, two different parables, both of them having to do with uh, sheep, uh, one with sheep and goats, one with uh, Jesus talking about sheep and the shepherd, and he is the gate and all of these things. And uh, I, again, I just pray that you get something uh, great out of that. Uh, again, we'd like to welcome you and, and invite you to our church here in Mont Bellevue. Come see us anytime in person. Uh, we'd love to have you. Hope you have a great week. Struggle, though some of you have livestock, but we might have to try and, okay, what did this look like? Try to put these things in, in your world. And so we read today from John uh, chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So you can see the inner turmoil that, that these people are dealing with. Is this guy, is this Jesus who is claiming all these things, is he demon-possessed and a problem, or is he someone that maybe we ought to consider to be the Messiah? And so I think when we look back, we like to think of ourselves as the people who would get it, right? Like I would definitely be the person, like even if we look at like, uh, social injustice, or we look back into our past and think, you know, I would have been on the right side of history, right? And, and so I think a lot of times we don't, we don't really fully understand the situation, but there was this idea of, is this guy crazy? 
Where is he king? And so that's what they had to do. And of course, as Jesus talks about this, he talks about a couple of different things. But, but really the whole point of it is who Jesus is. That, that John is full of these I am statements. If you were here in class this morning, Paul covered, you know, I think you might've read them all. Uh, but there's no wonder that Jesus uses seven different things to describe himself. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep, which we covered this morning, the resurrection and the life, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. John begins his gospel by talking about that Jesus was in the beginning with God. He was God. And all throughout this gospel, he tries to show you how Jesus showed the people who he was, that I am all of these things. And today we talk about I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. No one enters except through me. And so a lot of what we have read in the parables has been Jesus kind of comparing and making you look in the mirror and saying, all right, well, who am I here? And we could be in this stance, but Jesus is looking the Pharisees, the religious leaders, right in the eyeballs when he says this. Those who have come before me have come in a different way. They come to, to destroy and to, to steal and to kill. He said, but I am uh, the good shepherd. He says, he says, I am the door. That Jesus is the door or the gate or the entrance point. Now, I, I don't know how many of us would say we struggle with this, but this kind of goes back to the point, who are you following? We talk about priorities all the time. And we talk about looking in the mirror and looking intently and, and what way is it really? And so when Jesus says, I am the door, he is challenging the religious leaders who are attempting to lead the people. They are attempting to shepherd the people. Jesus says, I am the entrance point, not any of you. Not anyone else. And so are you following another religious leader? Are you following another political figure? Are you, are you following some ideology that could derail your life, but you think, man, that is the way to go? Because Jesus says, I am the door. Now, how controversial do you think that was in the moment? How controversial is it right now in our world? For us to stand and to say a truth like Jesus is the way, that's a problem, right? We live in a time where everyone is sensitive to being offended. Is that news to anybody? Or I just want to see where we're at this morning. Some of you don't have social media. We, we live in a place, we live in a time where everyone is just waiting to be offended. How can I be offended? Uh, you can't say those things. And, and a lot of times what, what's weird to me, almost on the point, uh, to the point of just being humorous, is how much someone else will push an agenda and want you to adopt that. But the moment you say, Jesus is the way, they say, hold up, don't push that stuff on me. But Jesus says, I am the door. If you want to enter into the kingdom of God, you go through Jesus. You don't jump over another place. You're not, you're not getting in. The, the, uh, the imagery that Jesus is using here is this, idea of this, this pen that's probably surrounded by houses. 
It's a safe place. It's a place they would have known. They would have been uh, secure. And the guy, the, the shepherd, the person leading this flock is not having to jump the fence, is he? He's not trying to get in some shady way. Again, put this on your, in your own terms. You're working out here at a factory. The guy scaling the fence outside is probably not a legit employee, right? You look outside and the guy's got some bolt cutters and he's going to town trying to get in. That's probably not the guy that runs the place, right? And so that's, that's kind of what Jesus is doing. And again, they would have seen that like this. Well, yeah, of course not. Jesus is there. He is the way. He's going to let you in. But that's not, uh, that's not what's happening. He says, he says, I am the good shepherd. So as Jesus looks at these religious leaders, he is saying, you have done a very poor job of leading these people. You think they knew that? <laughs> I don't think they did. I think they were so arrogant and, and just kind of power hungry at times that uh, all they cared about was, uh, again, maintaining that power and control. Jesus said these other people, these other shepherds, they don't really know the sheep. They don't really own the sheep. They're just kind of hired hands. They're, they're sitting in for the person who is actually invested. And so Jesus uses this imagery where he says, oh, the shepherd, the, the person who, who owns the sheep, the sheep know him, he knows the, the, the sheep, he cares for them. When the wolf comes, he'll lay down his life for them. But if you're just hired to do this job, hey, this isn't on me anymore. I'm out of here, right? And so Jesus says, this is who I am, that I would even give my life for the sheep. And, and of course, as they're connecting with this imagery about wolves and sheep, Jesus is saying a little more, isn't he? They don't yet know that Jesus is actually going to lay down his life for every one of us. Man, that just needs to sit with us a minute. That Jesus loves you, that he cares for you, that he, he, he sees you as one of his own, that he would even lay down his life for you, not run away. I don't know, I'd be tempted to run, wouldn't you? I love y'all. Some of you are, are easier to love than others. And I'm sure that's the same for me, right? But you think about it, when push comes to shove, when, when actual danger is coming, how many of you are going to lay down your life for me. And Jesus says, yeah, I will, because I love you and care for you. And so he just kind of lets that hang there. In Matthew 25, Jesus talks uh, in a different way uh, with kind of the similar imagery. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Again, using something that they would have known very well. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? 
When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me, and I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So Jesus, using kind of the same imagery in the first one, in John 10, he starts talking about kind of the, uh, the relationship for him and the sheep and how he is different from the religious leaders. And right here he is saying, to all the sheep, right? To all the people, there is going to be a day when we are split up. Some of you are sheep, and some of you are goats. Don't turn to anybody and elbow them. <laughs> Somebody's called somebody else an old goat this morning. Already, I know. But he's saying there's going to be a time when you're split up. And again, we're, we have a room full of church people this morning, and we want to assume that we are all sheep, don't we? Now, it's kind of odd because in our, our culture right now, like saying the word sheep is almost a negative. Y'all are just a bunch of sheep. You know, that can be used for anything, any ideology, anything out there. Just a bunch of sheep just following blindly. Well, in Christian terms, that's a positive thing as you follow Jesus, isn't it? That the sheep hear his voice and follow him, right? Going back to John 10. They know his voice. They're not going to follow a stranger the sheep know who the actual shepherd is. And so as we look at this, we've got to say, okay, well, am I actually a sheep? Is Jesus who I'm following or have I replaced him with someone else? Because there's going to be a time when Jesus says, I know who my sheep are. And I know who the goats are as well. Some of us are waiting to see this from a man who walks up to us, right? Hello, my name is Jesus. Because for some reason in our mind, we're waiting until we get that clear sign. Jesus just, I want to hear from you. Did you notice in this parable that neither the righteous nor the unrighteous knew they were doing anything right or wrong here? Both didn't know that they were doing or not doing something for Jesus. Now, that ought to kind of wake us up this morning because we've all been put in situations where we're like, I don't know, and we make every excuse under the book, right? I don't know if I should help them. But Jesus, Jesus turns to the righteous, and he says, because you have done all these things for me, you're, you're going into this, this paradise. You have been blessed by my Father. And they're like, what are you talking about? And Jesus says, because you did them for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, we're supposed to care for our, our, our Christian brothers and sisters, aren't we? Talked about that last week. We talked about the golden rule. Jesus says, 
The law and the prophets are summed up in how you treat other people, in how you love and care for your brothers and sisters. And that's exactly the same uh, mindset that he uses right here. And he says, because you did this for the least of these. Now, the shocking thing is that he doesn't say, you know, for those people you get along with the best. Man, it's easy to do that, isn't it? Yes, I'm preaching to myself. I have been blessed with some people in my life that were, let's say, what is this, uh, what term should I use that I don't offend anybody? Needy is a good word. Like needy, needing of my time, needing of my energy. And sometimes, some days, some parts of the week, I don't have the energy. And you kind of start, oh, my goodness, it's, it's kind of like we talked about a couple weeks ago, kind of ducking the person in Walmart, H-E-B. Y'all don't go to Walmart around here, do you, H-E-B? You see them and you go, oh, my goodness, I, I'm going to be an hour and a half conversation. They're going to need this, they're going to need that. And sometimes it, it feels like just a burden to us. And, I, and I'm saying well, I've got to fight back against that. Because Jesus talks about, Whenever you have the opportunity to do something, to care for someone, the least of these, not your buddy, not the person that knows you and you get along the best. No, it's the person that, that really needs that extra bit of attention, that extra bit of time. Jesus said, well, you do for the least of them, you do it for me. In the same way, he looks at those who are on the left and he says the same thing because you did not do. And they said, when did we have a chance to not do it? When do we have a chance to mess it up? Jesus says, those times when you ignored that, when you ignored the least of these. Can you imagine the surprise on both of their faces as Jesus tells them? And that's a struggle because I, I think, you know, the easy thing is, is just to love and serve the people who, who look like us, who we get along with, who are in the same stage of life, or you know, just the, the people who are easy to love. The difficult thing is to love like Jesus, to care for him, to see his sheep and to see a need and say, you know what, I can take care of that right now. Instead of making excuses. Because if a man walked up and he had this name tag on and he kind of looked like uh, he might be Middle Eastern and he starts talking in parables all the time, we might get in line, wouldn't we? We might decide in that moment that I believe I'll shape my life up, right? Jesus says, I don't come like this. I come in the form of those people who are close to you who are in need of things. That you can visit them. That you can care for them. When they're sick, you can, you can bring them things. And listen, even that's not easy. I can't tell you the number of people I've asked, hey, heck, can I bring you some food? I don't need anything. How many of you do that? I don't need anything. Listen, I'm, I'm getting to be a pretty good cook. I'm going to keep posting on Facebook until y'all realize that. <laughs> but but we, we feel we don't want to put anybody out. We're, when we're on that side, we don't want to put anybody out. We don't want anybody to worry over us. We got it. And, and we are blessed, aren't we? We truly are blessed. A lot of times we really don't have the need. So it's not, it's not exactly easy in our context, but we need to be looking, we need to be reaching out. When I send out my email to our group leaders each week, I try to encourage them, hey, be looking for these things. Make sure you're caring and loving for those people in your group because that's where you're gonna know it because a lot of times 
people are going to be sick and you'll never know it. People will be going some, through something, didn't have a clue. When uh, Steve Fishester passed, I got talking to his sister and she, would, she told me stuff that she had no idea about. And the same was true for me. You know, Steve sat here right with us and he was just one of those guys that he wasn't going to tell you. He wasn't going to ask. He wasn't going to tell you anything like that. But we've got to be people who care and love each other so much that I'm trying everything I can to be there for the sheep. Because Jesus says there is going to be this division. He doesn't say, hey, some of you are sheep and some of you are goats, and we're going to all put you in the same pen. You all end up in the same place anyway. The sheep in their mind would have been more valuable uh, because of all the, the ways they can produce, but especially wool to go along with everything else. And so they, they understood that the sheep were more valuable. They were blessed by God in this parable. And Jesus says this in, in Matthew 7, verse 21, during the Sermon on the Mount, he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's what he's talking about. I've got a whiteboard in my house, and every week I write all my notes on it. That way, anytime I walk into my office, I see all my notes. For this series, I've got, I think, three or four verses on there just written out, at least summarized. This is one of them. That every time I walk into my room, into my office, I see this. Because for us, for people sitting in a church this morning, hearing a sermon, singing to God, I think we want to assume we're all sheep, we're all doing the right thing, and I hope that's true. But I also know because Jesus talked about it and talked about it and talked about it, that just because you call yourself something doesn't mean it's true. Even those times where you call Jesus Lord, but your life does not reflect that, Jesus says, huh? Only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's truly who the sheep are. And so this morning, that's the question. Are you a sheep or are you not? Have you decided in your life that Jesus is the way? He is the door. He is the gate. He is the entrance point. Or have we decided that, you know what, I kind of like this ideology or this person to follow or, or whatever. They had a big problem as Christianity started because they said, I am, of, I am of Peter, I am of all these other people. And they kept leave, leaving Jesus' name out of that, didn't they? And I'm sure it was because they could, they could stand there and they could be near those people. They could hear them speak, they could talk to them. Jesus was gone. But here, the message was, we preach because of Jesus. We preach to bring you to Jesus. And I pray that as we do that, that's what you hear. And so this morning, if you have not yet begun that relationship with him, we'd love to see you baptized into his name. Uh, if you've been baptized and uh, just want the prayers of the church this morning, I'd love to encourage you, love to pray with you. Uh, but as I say often, you don't have to come and talk to me. What I want you to do, if you're not comfortable with that, I want you to grab someone who you know loves you and will tell you the truth. You hear that? Not loves you and won't tell you the truth. Not everything's okay. We'll be there for you. We'll hold you accountable. That's who we need in our lives. But if you have any need this morning, we'd love to, love to pray with you. Would you come as we stand and sit?